Talk about it with Fran Jazz. Today we have returning guest host, Michael Mukatosh, and special guest. He studied film and TV at NYU. He's a writer, an actor, producer, and writing coach, Brooks Elms. Yeah. I'm Hello, Brooks. Brooks. Good, to, good to see you guys. Glad, glad to be here. The native New Yorker himself. Thank you very That's much right. for being That's a right. guest. Strong Island. Oh, yeah. Yeah, our brother, my brother was telling us stories about Neptunes in Long Island. Okay, yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> By your reaction, yeah, yeah, exactly what he said. <laughs> yeah, yeah, good yeah, place. Yeah, 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 no. Yeah, because there's not much going on. It's really, you know, small towns, uh, you know, out there. But so, yeah, so Neptunes was an exciting place. <laughs> Definitely. I'm sure you drew some inspiration out of that, huh? <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. So, so we're going to talk we got... about screenwriting, huh? Yes, we got a special guest today, professional screenwriter. And he's going to coach us up on some screenwriting today. So this will be a treat for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. It's, a, you know, people, it's a lot of people, everybody knows coaches, right? Coaches for sports or whatever. And even like, you know, fighters all have trainers and coaches and stuff. Um, and, uh, but you know, musicians have them and actors sometimes have them, but, but, um, it's not quite as commonly known that, you know, writers can get coached, but it's the same thing. It's like as human beings, like why would Michael Jordan, the greatest of all time need anybody to tell him F and anything, right? But he had like five, you know, you know, the coach of the team, the coach of this, the coach of that, because, you know, as human beings, we don't know what we don't know. And when you bring in somebody else that's devoted to like watching your blind spots, making sure you double down on your strengths, it's it's a game changer. Um, to, it's it's the, the number one way I've seen either to go from good to great or if you're just starting out to go from like amateur, but I'm serious about it to professional level. Right. Either way. And so, yeah, I'm open to, you know, the, the best way it works is like starting with wherever you're at. It's like, you know, like, what do you think you'd like to talk about here? And then we can talk about it. But oftentimes we think we want to talk about this, but underneath it, something even more valuable. So just uh, my, my only invitation is come with an open mind and I'm going to help you out as much as I can and we'll have some fun. Awesome. Sounds amazing. I'm excited. Let's do it. Cool. Well, first of all, give me some context. I, I know, um, you know, I know a little bit about, um, you know, uh, you know, uh, you. But, but tell me, tell me what, what your background is. Have you done any writing? Have you? Uh, where, where are you at? Like, well, I guess for anybody watching this, give them a, a background about both you guys. How many stories have you written? What's been the reaction? Are you new? What's going on? Actual scripts, um, still writing. Haven't, short, haven't, haven't completed. Complete, yeah, anything. Yeah. Um, two that I'm that work. Co co-working with him and I'm, I'm have a, another one about a vampire i'm working on on my own besides that I, I i published two poetry books there on amazon and um short and short, short films, films that he releases poetry and, yeah so uh, we're pretty novice in in that regard um i wrote a i wrote a script for in a college course for extra uh it was a it was one of the elective classes um, back in, in the professor who was in the industry, you know, he encouraged me to pursue it and he told me I'll sell it for you 
for 60K, take it serious. And I, I really didn't take it serious. I was into rapping and I was uh, doing more music and uh, I had a better shot at that for sure. And, um, and then about maybe 20 years later or like 15 years later, I just, I just got the itch and I, I ended up, you know, downloading a few books and I went through maybe like 12 of them, including answer the call, which, which was awesome, by the way, thank you for that. And the audio. And, um, and then I just, uh, devoured so much information about it. And besides, you know, poetry, rapping, uh, my writing is, is limited to that. But I think I have a good understanding though. I, I studied a lot and, uh, and I have an appreciation for, and I have a, a real strong desire, you know, to write a, a script. So, so that's that's cool. the current goal. Great. Okay. Good. So that gives me a sense of where you guys at. If I could snap my fingers and help you guys get anywhere in in on this in this conversation. So, like after this conversation, well, actually, let's pull it back even more. Like the big dream for each of you guys. If I could snap my fingers and like. You, you know, is it winning an Oscar, winning the box office, both of them? You know, you know, like what's what's the big big dream for you guys? Well, I'll go first because I, I'm a real creative. I, I do a lot of content, um, including short films and skits and stuff like that, podcasting, a bunch of stuff that I do. So, major goal would be to to make a living off of the things I enjoy, and I enjoy I enjoy creating content, all types. I'm actually currently also yep. writing uh, a couple self help books. One that's actually uh, geared towards my teen daughter. I actually want to like write a book that I think a teen could relate to, and you know, just just trying to help her out as much as I can. It, it's either sometimes written, and maybe she could read it on her own. It's easier than when 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 a parent talks to you, you know, or tries to to, to yeah. instill something in you forcefully. But if it's written down, I feel like it's it's less aggressive. So I, and, and if I could do that for her, I think it would be a great book that other parents could do for their teens. So I'm writing a couple self-help books like that, too. Beautiful. I love that. And I, what I love about that in particular is, is it's that, that real generosity. So you really try to help her on her path, right? And as, as you know, parents or somebody that takes care of anybody else, it's hard sometimes because you're like, God damn, you, you should be doing this. You should be doing that. Right. So, so I love that you're really trying to come at it in a way that's as digestible for her as possible. And you're absolutely right. If it's something that's going to have real value for her, that's the great thing about stories. It's scalable. It'll, it'll, it'll help other people too. Not everybody, but we don't need to help everybody. So um, I love that. And when we come from that place of real service, like how do I serve this, this other person? How do I take my life lessons and, and, and concretize them, craft them into a story that's as digestible as possible to somebody else, that's the magic, right? And then it's like our soul and their soul kind of harmonize. And the, and the whole game, the whole craft of storytelling is finding out how to do that. How do you choose the character? How do you choose the, the, the plot? And how do you choose the things so that it, it not only speaks as deeply as it can to us, but then also to that other person. And that brings us together. And by the way, one thing, and then um, uh, uh, is, is that you can, by studying your own favorite films and shows, you can sort of start to reverse engineer the process. Because when you think about your top favorites and why they speak to you, like you could have chosen anything, but you've chosen a very specific set of movies or shows. 
How did they make you feel? Why did they make you feel that way? What was going on? What's the theme involved? What's the type of character arc? How are they all ending? You know, like you're looking for connective tissue about your favorite stuff because that's in the continuum of this game of storytelling, these other people had this idea, they came together, they created it, and it moved your soul. And so by studying what they did to you, it makes it better able for us to turn around and then carry on the tradition and do it for somebody else. Um, and it's not a bad way to spend your time studying your favorite stuff, right? Because you can watch that stuff 10, 20, 30 times anyway. But if you analyze it and really understand and then go, well, why me what's been going on in my life journey that i'm drawn to this movie like let's take a movie like goodfellas you guys probably like that movie right hell yeah (laughs) everybody loves the movie but and what's fun about it is is these character observations or whatever but when you go deeper what it's really about is um a kid who wasn't getting what he needed from his family dad beat the shit out of him uh you know not getting you know just chaos at home he looks across the street and they're like, God damn, those guys are living the life. They're dressed nice, they're playing cards, they're having fun. He goes over, he starts helping them. And that became his family. And they looked after him, they stood up for him, they gave him money, he got respect. He got, like, who the hell won't make that trade? And Scorsese did it so beautifully, but that's a tiger by the, by the, the, the ears. Like, that's untenable. The stuff that they were doing, yeah, they were charismatic and they were fun, whatever, but they were into stuff that, it's not sustainable. That sort of business is not gonna, it, it's got to end at some point. So then you have this really beautiful thematic situation. Like if you're, if you love your friends and you want to be loyal to your friends, but what if the, that friendship's unsustainable? At what point do you have to cross them or betray them? Because you gotta, you know, so, so anyway, so when you think about that, you know, when you think about the movie, you think of the lines, you think of Ray Liotta, you think of all these great things, right? But if you then, if it happens to be one of your favorites and you also think about it thematically, go, huh, what was going on in my life where I ended up having some deep friendships, you know? And, and what, like for, for me, example, for, for, for like my dad wasn't around in the way that I wanted him to be. So, so a movie like Goodfellas speaks to me. Other movies where there's any sort of intense friendships, they speak deeply to me because sometimes my friends felt more like my family than my actual family. And I had a good family. They were great, but... I could connect to them on a much deeper level for whatever reason. And then once you get those insights about your own life lessons and journeys, now you turn around and you put that into your script. Whew, now it's working at a whole different level, right? And, and, and whenever you get stuck with your own stories, you go, well, how did they figure it out in Goodfellas? Like, how did they? And then you go, oh, I see what he did. How can you make gangsters be like, right? How can you have a line? Far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. You're like, what? <laughs> How'd that work? And then you study it and you go, oh, what he's really saying in the subtext is, as far back as I can remember, I got my sense of belonging in my family from the guys across the street that happened to be involved in organized crime. Like, that was my real family. Whew, that's a life lesson, right? Um, but Scorsese does it with so much charm and whatever. The actors are great. So we kind of think about that part of it. But underneath it, you take that life lesson and then you can you can apply that same life lesson to like every city everywhere has organized crime. You know, every, so like you can and then you can, just, you can actually tell that same story and then spin it from your own situation, you know. So anyways, a uh, bit of a tangent. So um, 
back to okay so uh back to yeah the, the, so you so what i heard from you was make a living as a content creator like you would love to basically be doing nothing but this so that's that's great um but uh and it sounds like you, you're, you're doing it in different formats which is great and you're doing it in service to other people so all that's really good oh that's really good and if you just keep coming back just as a general principle for you to that sense of who do i want to serve how do I want to serve them the best way possible? So for Scorsese and Goodfellas, part of him probably had really intense friendships that were different than what he was getting from his family. So he related to that story in such a deep way. And from that life lesson was able to express it in, in, in a masterpiece like that. And so when you take those your own life lessons for like you're saying, like you have some thoughts for your, for your daughter that you feel like it's going to really make a difference from her because you saw some stuff, you know? And so when you can put that in a way that's accessible for her, so um, that's that's a way that she can go, oh, right, because she's, it, if we're human beings, we're facing conflict. And so if you can really be an ally for her and, and, and show her with a story that doesn't have real judgment, but just shows how her, how some, maybe some young girl faces some life lessons, faces some challenges with these insights you have, that's real valuable. Like that's going to help her make sense of her her world, and that's what we do as storytellers. So, for you to be to be doing what you're doing, like you will get to the level where you're doing nothing but content creation and serving people, as you keep going back to like, how can I serve them better? How can you make the story that's even more helpful for her? You know, and you know, and maybe you're going, okay, I helped her with one simple thing. How can I help her with an even deeper thing? You know. Young girls get all get have all sorts of big conflicts, you know, and so, you know, they oh, you know, yeah. they turn, <laughs> right? So like so, and if you can help them with those big ones, you know, in a way that doesn't have judgment, that's just like, look, here's here are your options, and if you go this way, you're you're into some real trouble. If you can manage to go this way, and you tell a story about maybe one girl goes this way, one girl goes that way, and she can see, oh crap, I don't want to be like that one. She seemed like she was having fun, but she got herself into trouble. This other one was able to kind of find a way to go through. But the stories are a beautiful way to do it. And so if we keep with, if you take that impulse that you had to be in service to her and then service to, you know, anybody who's watching this podcast or anybody's watching, the more we're out to serve, we just get a little bit better, a little bit better, a little bit better. And then the money comes along with that, whether it's, you know, whatever format there's there's always if you get really good at it there's money at a certain point because people need stories to make sense of the world and they'll pay money for it if, if you're good at concretizing your life lessons absolutely so and within that chapter in your book i believe you say so get your 10 favorite movies your 10 favorite tv shows really look for that inner meaning that you were telling that you were saying that really connects like you connect like from the heart not just as an idea, but as an emotion attached to that idea. And then yep. you said, um, I believe you said, start looking for the pattern of similarities between these stories that you like. And that's probably going to lead you to where you might want to write because it's like like attracts like in that sense, I believe. Right? That's right. All that's right. Because right. So if you think about it, right? So, you know, if, if you guys are, are, are real movie fans, I mean, the average person watches, I don't know, it's something like six or seven feature films in the movie theater a year or something like that. They probably watch a lot more Netflix and lots of TV, blah, 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 right? 
So, um, but if you're a movie fan, it's going to crank up even more. So let's say you're 35 years old uh, and, you're, and you're a decent, decent movie fan. You've probably seen, by the time you're 35, 8,000 hours of like films, TV shows, or whatever. Let's, let's call it 8,000. It could be more, it could be less. Of those, and by the way, these days, we can choose from 100,000. Like, you know, there are 100 years of cinema. There's, you know, there's, there's cinema in other countries. I mean, there's an enormous amount, abundance of things we can choose from. So of the 100,000 that are out, out there that you've heard of, you chose 8,000 by the time you're, let's say, 35. And then of the 8,000, of all the things you've seen since you were five years old to 35, if you're picking the 10 films and the 10 shows, that is so laser specific to your, like, creative DNA. Um you know, there's probably other, you know, you guys might have a couple that are on the top, same top 10 or whatever, but like, nobody's going to have your same top 10. And even if you have two or three on the same top, you know, on, on, that are sharing on the 10, it's like what, you know, what you guys like about, you know, Goodfellas might not be necessarily exactly what I like. I'm sure we like a lot of the same things. So it's awesome, but there's different aspects of every single movie. Right. So, um, so when you start going to town on why you chose those movies out of all of them, and you look at those elements, who were the heroes? You know, what was going on in their family dynamics? That they, what were their goals? And what was the conflicts? Um, and if it's sci-fi or whatever, it's just a more poetic, broader expression. But you go down, it's still the character wants something, you know, something like belonging or family or justice or truth or whatever. Um, and you start getting a sense of like, okay, I'm seeing a lot of these types of characters and I'm seeing a lot of these things. What went on in my own life? You know, what was my biggest life challenges? You know, did I fit in? Did I not fit in? You know, was I good with the ladies, bad with the ladies? Whatever it is, you know, we all have them. And th you will see those dots connect and you will see the challenges that, that you faced appear in those movies as sort of like because because you, you were those movies meant mean so much to us because they helped us make sense of our own life challenges and then that helps you bring top of mind what your life lessons are and now you turn around and go okay yeah i had a tough time in high school because blah 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 and i was relating to movies like this this and that that were kind of speaking to those issues and now you realize you're actually kind of an expert on that subject because you watched that movie five ten times and you've been thinking about that problem you had in high school a million times and talking to your buddies about it, whatever. And now you, if not you, if not you, who's going to write about that subject in your, your types of people and your types of situations. And when you come from that place, now you have serious effing value because nobody can, nobody saw the world the way you saw it and faced those things the way you faced them. And so if you can that now concretize them into a screenplay or a poem or whatever, um, from that place, it's going to crackle with that authenticity, which is what happened with, you know, Goodfellas. Like Scorsese knew those guys, not knew those, knew them, but he knew guys like them because that's where he grew up. He grew up in, you know, he grew up in you know, Little Italy, but like Queens, he knew those guys. So those were his people. And what he, you know, What's so charming about that movie is, is his love for them and the clothes they wore and how they spoke and how they called each other nicknames. <laughs> so it was just, it was beautiful. And at the same time, yeah, they were killing people. So <laughs> contrast, right? It's like, wow, wow. And it was just a beautiful expression. Like, hey, if we got a rocky thing going on at, at, at home, we got to get our sense of belonging someplace. 
and you might be so desperate to get a sense of belonging. You're like, I don't, look, I just need any port in a storm. If it's these guys, I don't, you know, I'll look the other way that they're doing some 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 bad shit. Because like, what choice? What choice did Henry L. have? You know, the way he presented it, it was like, you know, those guys were better than being president of the United States. I'm yeah. a gangster. <laughs> yeah, that's how they made it seem. Yeah. Yeah. Right. You know. Right. I, so that. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, I was gonna say what's different. I think about your book than a lot of books is that. Like they all say, okay, it's about evoking the emotion, and that's that's what the movie's about. That's what the song's about. That's what the performance is about. But yours really makes sure we're anchored in that emotion, and we fully understand that it's like like good rap. How do you measure good rap? If the guy isn't living what he's saying, I don't want to hear it. And yeah. so you know, it's gonna come out to a degree. It's gonna come out this. Good. It's got to be this substance there. So something, if the guy's talented, it's going to come out nice. Something good's going to come out. And I like how you stress that in your book. And you like you dedicate like 20 minutes to that. And because it's really the foundation of of like if you're really going to move somebody, if you don't believe in it, how are you going to convince everybody else to believe in it? Yeah, I love that. Good, good. I appreciate that. And let me point out a couple challenges around that, right? So like... Sometimes what will happen is we'll trip ourselves up. Like, um, I mean, pretty much everybody here that's going to hear that is going to agree, of course. It needs to be authentic. Um, one pitfall we can get into is if we're trying to make the wrong thing authentic. For example, if we're writing a story that's kind of based on somebody we know, we're like, no, 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 the guy actually said this. Like, what he actually said didn't map, doesn't matter. The energy of what he said, the subtext of what he said, the context of what he said, that's what effing matters. The, the story is a distillation. It's what the life lesson I took from him. So don't get caught up in like what actually happened because that could be forcing the dialogue or forcing the situation. You want to get the rhythms of it. So here's, an, here's another example about a, from, from another uh, uh, Scorsese movie, Raging Bull, right? So uh, based on Jake LaMotta, the boxer and um and you know and you know and and a pretty unflattering you know that guy beat up his brother and his wife and you know he was you know but he didn't he did the best he could with the tools that he had you know and so um but what was fascinating about that is apparently jake lamato was like no that was real that's how it happened that's how it happened. <laughs> because scorsese and de niro they did it with such love and no judgment like look this is just who he is you know, and, and, and look, he's so good at like taking punishment. What made him so good as a boxer made him really kind of a, a lousy brother and, and father and, and husband, right? But that's this kind of beauty of, of, of that story. <clears throat> so the point that I'm making is Scorsese and De Niro and, and Schrader, who, who wrote it, they, 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 they created it with such sort of authentic poetry that like there's no way what actually Jake Lamada said in his real life was what is in the movie. Like, you know, Schrader wrote that stuff. You know, he just wrote it and then De Niro performed it and Scorsese made sure it came together nicely. But because they caught the the, the deeper, the subtextual authenticity, Jake LaMotta was like, oh yeah, that's how it happened. <laughs> he, felt like, he felt like that's how it happened. But like if we were a fly in the wall, yeah. none of that dialogue was the same. None of those situations. He might have been worse or it might have been, it just would have been different because it's a distillation of what actually happens in life. It's a reflection of it. It's a, it's a poetic expression of what actually happens. So, yes, authenticity is important, but what's even more important as we mature as an artist is 
what aspect of the authenticity? What's that insight from what ha actually happened in real life that I can then sort of express poetically so it feels authentic like within the world of the story, whether it's sci-fi or comedy or, or you know, gritty crime drama or whatever it is, there's, there's a truth, there's a new truth to itself in the, in the story that we create. And that's the thing that we really want to be true to. And don't get caught up on what actually happened there if it's inspired by that. You just, you take enough of that and then sprinkle it in so it feels, it crackles with authenticity, mm. but it's a totally different thing than what actually happened. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Capture the emotion. Doesn't the details isn't really important. We're talking about the emotion and the shift that it created. That's right. Yeah, absolutely. That's right. The the depth of the emotion. So the the emotion is a hundred percent accurate. It's exactly what I felt the first time I fell in love and 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 got my heart broken. Like that emotion of me feeling like my my heart got ripped out of my chest. That's what I'm writing. But the movie version of it, different characters, different setting, different whatever. Like, you know, I've written movies about astronauts. I've never been an astronaut, but like, <laughs> I've been scared. You know, I've been scared. So I would write a scene of an astronaut who's scared as F, but like, he's like in the International Space Station dealing with his world. But the subtext, it's me. I'm writing about me being scared like last week or something, or when I was a kid or whatever. And that authenticity, it crackles because. It's as if I'm telling you what actually happened in my real life. But instead of me going, yeah, it was me on Long Island and I, this was my buddy, I'm saying, no, it's this astronaut and he's here and he finds out this happened and he's fucking shit in his pants. No. That's dope. That's, <laughs> no. that's a nice tip right there. I like that one that's, a lot. That's genius. I love that. Yeah. It's, uh, and, 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 and I would even go even further. Like, the, the, the success of your script is in direct correlation to how like how how much it feels to you like you're revealing your your journal like you know you might again you might write in your journal the girl broke my heart or i got pissed off or i was ashamed of this or whatever whatever sort of embarrassing or intimate or vulnerable feelings i have in my journal that i wouldn't show anybody but the same emotion that i'm i would use to do my journal i put it into these astronauts or whatever blah, blah blah but to me it feels the same and you guys will feel it if you're in the target audience for my story like the the more authentic i am to that emotion is directly correlated to how deeply you will feel it in your own life because because what happens is i felt the emotion i translate it to like an astronaut but the astronaut is behaving in a certain way where you guys go, oh, damn, that's like me and my own thing when I either got my heart broken or was scared about something or whatever. And that's what we're doing. We're, kind of, we're coming up with a universal sim. So that's what happens with Goodfellas. I've never been in the mob, whatever. But like that feels like my story, you know? And it's, 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 it's so far from my actual story, but emotionally, it's exactly my story. I, I didn't, you know, I mean, I, just like there was chaos in my, in my family home. And I felt com more comfortable with some of my friends than I felt with my family at times. The, and the, that's why that movie in particular is so, is so popular. Because a lot of people have that, that sort of shaky family. Yeah, definitely relatable. Yeah, 100%. The, the film that, that we're co-writing is about a correction officer. And I was a correction officer for almost nine years. Mm. Yeah. Great. And the Max yeah. State Prison on top of that. 
So, so, so that's, so you guys are, you're in a really good situation. So, and, and, and specific, specifically for what I said there. So what you, my invitation to you guys with that project is when you read it over, when other people read it, you want it to have the, the feel and like the smell and, 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 the, and the quality of what that really felt like to be there knowing that your life was, you know, kind of online sometimes and, 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 you know, some crazy shit went down, but it, you know, and, and like the flavor of the dialogue has to feel real, but like, you know, you might write a line of dialogue and it's seven words, nine words in real life. Some fool was talking for, you know, 30 seconds, 50 words, 80 words. Right. So what you do is you take the choice seven or eight that kind of expresses the 30 or 40 that he actually said. And now it feels like it's real, but it's a, it's a distill is the distillation of what you actually lived. And the same thing goes like on the scene construction level. So let's say the scene was, you know, this, this, this prison guard talking to the warden or whatever in real life, maybe it was an hour long conversation or it was whatever, you know, or there were seven people in the room in real life because of whatever the movie version of it, maybe it's just two characters and maybe it's a, it's a, you know, 30 second exchange, one page. And maybe it's 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 feels kind of real, but really it's like a power play. One guy's trying to get the other guy to do something, and the other guy doesn't want to do it. And that was kind of like a kernel of what happened in real life. The poetic version is you just you just distill it down, and then you you give it the flavor of of reality, and then it's going to crackle in terms of the authenticity of it. Um, but then it's really about you know it's that power struggle. You know, they, they get into the scene, one guy wins or the other guy wins or whatever. And then the, the plot progresses from there based on what happened. So to relate it to what you were talking about before. Um, so if you, so in this, in this concept, we have a, a father and a son, the dad's a sergeant established. Mm -hmm. The son's the rookie, right? The father's dirty. The son doesn't know about him like being dirty like that. Right. Um, so in terms of the theme and the the conflict is what should we be emotionally resonating with, right? So that way when it is expressed throughout the, the film, it has the, it has that. So, so here's yeah, so, so so let me let me bring it home to you guys, right? So like um what it doesn't need to be about is if like we we've all been dirty in some way or another and tempted to be dirty, right? And, and um, not know. even necessarily as adults, right? Like, it, you know, in, in, in second grade, you know, I, I, I took this thing or whatever, you know. It, but like the feeling of how I felt and the temptation of that, that's what you guys are writing, you know. Or this guy where he feels like he's a little naive at first and then all of a sudden he realizes, oh, shit, my dad is into this thing and I didn't think he was. So so what you want to do is, and again, you guys have different lives, but there's there's ways where there's going to be an overlap where both of you guys was, was tempted in one way or another, you know, um, and look, maybe it was extreme. Who knows? It doesn't, you know, I have no judgment, but like, but like you need to write from what really happened, uh, the metaphor so that you're, so, and, 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 and the success of your script is going to be direct correlation to how honest and genuine you are about. And again, it could be, you, you want to hear a funny example of this? I was, I was in LA watching my buddy, uh, he was in this band. He was singing this love song. Guys, he was crooning. He was like, oh, my, he was singing this song. And I'm, I'm listening to him. And I was like, God damn. 
that guy is so in love. Like he, he just like, <laughs> he, like this guy, yeah. I mean, he was like, it was from his soul. He was talking about how this, you know, this woman and this woman. And I talked to him after the, after the show, I was like, oof, man, who was, who was it in your life that you were saying? That must've been some relationship. He goes, no, no, no. I was thinking about my flat screen TV. Oh shit. Wow. <laughs> Amazing. And, and honestly, and that guy now is actually a TV writer. And he just, but again, it does, you don't know. Nowadays, that's normal. That could be considered normal nowadays. But the point is, is that his his love for this flat screen TV and how it just was this amazing or whatever, the, the, the lyrics were about this romance. And I was imagining my own great romantic things that maybe happened or didn't or whatever. But in real life, he literally was thinking about this new TV that he got. And you can't tell. Right, because the emotion, <laughs> the emotion was dialed the f in, and yeah. I was like, "Great, great, great love song." <laughs> so, wow. so when you for, you for your prison thing again, you didn't. It need not be that something went foul, you know, south in terms of your actual prison work. You want to take the authenticity and the feel and the and the style and the types of people and the characters there, but the moral part and the thematic part could be something on a baseball team you played, you know, in, in sixth grade. You're on this baseball team and you cheated in a way or, or, or that you, you, maybe your, your, your coach was like, dude, I want you to, you know, I want you to do something dirty to the other team or whatever. And you're yeah. like, what? You're, you know, and like, and it still kind of haunts you now. Like it, it, that's the thing. And if you still feel, you know, decades later that like, man, I really betrayed my own code because I felt like I needed to, you know, do right by my coach or whatever in sixth grade. It could be, it can be something as an adult, but like the key is the, the more core it is, the better. Like for me, because my dad wasn't around in the way that I wanted him to as a kid. And then he died when I was 17. A lot of my life lessons come around. How do I deal with abandonment when he's not around? What do I do? How do I build those friendships? That's why Goodfellas to me speak so deeply. It's like, I didn't have this. So I got, I did, he had to compensate for it. So if you're telling a story about a guy, which, by the way, it's similar to the Godfather story, right? Like, you know, uh, you know, Al Pacino comes in, he doesn't want to get involved in the family thing, and then he gets kind of sucked in because, you know. So, like, I don't know exactly the dynamics of yours, but, like, you want to make it about something real in your life, even if it seems unrelated. But, but the emotion of it and the theme of it is, like, something you tell your therapist or your, you know, your closest friends or whatever. And something you're probably feeling like ashamed about something that you, you don't want people to know about you. That's the shit you write about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. Right. Because you know why? Because, because we've, we, we've all got it. We're human beings. We're fallible, right? We want to do the right thing, but like all of a sudden we're tempted by other shit. We're like, I don't know. So like, and sometimes we do the right thing and sometimes we don't, but like when you write that, and not only that, it's, you know, look, if you did it as a drama, you know, for a coming of age story, it could be great. But if you take that same life lesson and you put it in the effing prison where it's life or death stakes, whew, that's when it can really crackle on that thematic and personal level. And then because you've been there, you know what it, what it sounds like and feels like, whatever, it can have that real authenticity that way, too. Mm. That's, you know, that's a, where are you guys at with that project? I know you've been talking about it for a while. Oh man, it's <laughs> yeah, it's it's going well. We filled in a couple of beat sheets. Um, I wrote a couple of maybe like what up until the debate, I think, or up until definitely around the debate for a course that we took, um, a Zoom class 
But then I got into the, the, I had to finish another course, so I had to put all of that on hold. And he was taking off with the, with the interview, so. We have we have it all. We just have to put it down. But well, not all. I can't say all. Yeah, of yeah, course not, not all. But, but um, well, get it down, guys. Get it down. What are you waiting for? Yeah, yeah, the, yeah the, the time is now. So, so here, so here, here's a tip for you around accountability, right? And that's a big thing, right? Because I can tell you guys care about this, and I've heard heard about the story for a while, and I think it's a good one actually. Um, and I know you guys are coming from a perspective that's going to be really interesting. Um, the key is to come up with. Um, Again, you got to do life. You got to pay the bills. You got to do this. You got to do that, whatever. So it's like, you know, but like you can get a lot done five minutes a day or 10 minutes a day or for an hour on the weekends or whatever, you know. Um, so if this means something to you, if part of your life purpose is telling this goddamn story, figure it out, you know, figure out some sort of commitment. And there's the two, it's two, those two main main ways. You either do a binge session a couple hours on the weekend, or you do you know five minutes a day, ten minutes a day, whatever. I had a friend who um, did really well in Hollywood. He was working at some, you know, health insurance, not health insurance. It was like like some sort of some insurance company. Um, but he was you know he would write for a half hour at his lunch break, you know, eating a sandwich, writing the script. I just have an insurance job. And uh, but that script ended up making a real big splash in Hollywood. Getting Spielberg read it and all sorts of things, right? So like. Um, but you can do it, but you just, you got to show up though. So, um, so come up with your own system. And if you guys have the partners, then it's nice. And then you kind of pressure each other. Come on, dude, you said you're going to do this or not, uh, but do it gently and respectfully, of course. Um, <laughs> but like, <laughs> um, but then just, just challenge yourself. I mean, today, you know, so, you know, right now we're recording this on November 16th. You've got the really beautiful, I mean, the holidays are crazy and whatever, but like New Year's Eve is like, it's never going to be 2023 again. So my challenge to you guys is reverse engineer. Where do you guys want to be on New Year's Eve in terms of development of the script? Tell me right now. Off the top of your head, what's a reasonable place you think you guys could be? I Finish with the first draft, two drafts, complete, three drafts. The somewhere complete first the, half. No, I, I mean... I mean, I, I mean I written think, out. Yeah, I think the, the get it down phase, if mm -hmm. it's not on the get it down phase, they got a fucking problem, to be honest. Okay. Where, where, right, Good. so... So it's from treatment to, like, we got the 40, the 40 bullets that he talks Good. about. And then you got the treatment, so like a summary, like six to ten pages. And then you got, just get it down. He said, like in your book, and, and many, you know, people that get shit done, just get it down first. It's not going to get great until you get it down, right? Absolutely. Let, let me, let me, fill and in between, you get a really good. important principle. One of the, because <clears throat> I, I you're, you're talking about my book, which is a nine-step system. And you don't even start writing the goddamn screenplay till step seven, like step seven. And yet 90% of screenwriters are like, I got an idea. And they jump right to step seven. There's, they don't know it, but they skipped over one, two, three, four, five, and six. Right. So when you finally do get to seven, um, it's, it is get it down. Eight is get it good. Nine is get it great. So the truth is, most screenwriters actually even skip step nine. They go right to trying to get it great. They go right to step nine, and it's a disaster because you just you just don't know what the hell you're writing about. Um, and again, I'm not saying this as like the guru. Like I went through that. I I I I made a I wrote a script and made it into a movie when I was in my when I was like 33 or whatever. It took me three years to write that script. I could write that a script with those same elements now in three months. The difference wow. is I would go through the nine-step process. 
Back then, I was doing it the hard way. I thought I was doing it the fast way, but it was actually the slow way. So mm -hmm. you guys are, are, are learning from my life lessons and, and running, which is great. So specifically with get it down, get it good, get it great, get it down is literally just you got the treatment, copy and paste that shit into Final Draft or whatever and just reformat it. Boom, 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 boom. I'm doing that right now on a paid assignment. Literally, I, I spent an hour just like reformatting. I already got the treatment, just reformatting. Bop, 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 as fast as possible. Next step, once it's down, celebrate. Go out there, have a beer, have a this, have a that, whatever. Celebrate and be proud of yourself because that's a big, you know, threshold crossing to get it down. Okay, good. Now you go back and go, okay, this thing's a pile of, this is a mess. Let me make it, you're not trying to get it great yet. Just get it good. Take it from a big messy pile that's down something that's that's a little bit okay let's maybe you know get this dialogue more in the ballpark okay you know this character he's kind of he needs to be angrier or funnier or something and then you kind of scrub that character a little bit you know this opening scene it's kind of like cliche it's kind of like whatever we've seen this thing what's the deeper version of it what if we really make this a banging opening how do we do that and, you, and then you do a polish of that right so those are the things you're doing in that get it good phase and you're still kind of loose you know, you're not like I'm sculpting the masterpiece. <laughs> you want to keep it loose like a conversation. You know, you're just kind of banging it around. And then yeah. in that phase, you're getting notes. Three to five sets of notes is, is a good good way to, 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 to get notes because um, you want to see how it's landing for an audience. It's not good enough it's just that you guys think it's good. How's the audience? Are they getting it? Is it clear? Um, is it fully realizing your vision? And that takes, you know, you know, rounds of, of drafts and feedback. And then after a while, when the feedback starts getting more and more subtle, where it's kind of like, eh, I think this or that, and you're like, eh, whatever, you kind of thought of it, and it's, like, it's not really making it substantially better in terms of your vision. Now you're into the last phase. And that's when you're doing much more sophisticated things, like transitions between scenes, making sure setups and payoffs are really clean. Um, you're thinking about Im image systems, like an opening image and a closing image that have real sense. Like you're thinking things thematically, like, you know, if your theme is family, you're kind of seeing ways to kind of have family symbolism kind of pop up. You're, you're basically stacking it up and layering it. And you don't even want to mess with that stuff till step, step nine. After you get the real basic stuff, like step two, step one is studying your favorites. Step two is telling the story in one sentence. Main character, main conflict, main goal. Like that stuff you want rock solid, but you want to do that in step two. You don't want to be messing up with that stuff on step seven or eight or nine because you're going to be lost in the woods forever. So um, that makes sense? Guys? Absolutely, 100%. Yeah, absolutely. So The whole time you're speaking, I'm, 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 I'm relating it to the, to the CO film, the correction officer film. And yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, so in, in this film, we were struggling more with the, with the actual plot, believe it or not, of the story. So we have an idea of where it starts. We have an idea of where it ends. That, that, death, um, that death moment and the end of 2B. You know, the big blow up between him and his dad. Uh, at the midpoint, he finds does, out his dad is dirty. Like, he knows uh, he's... Does his, dad, does his dad die in Act 2B? No, the relationship between them dies. Okay, cool. Yeah. That works. Yeah, so, and, uh, you know, we're not sold on every aspect, but that, that's the idea, right? 100%. And um, so then, you know, he has to betray his father to be able to succeed at the end, whether he stays a CEO, whether he gets locked up for, you know, fucking around with his dad. Or, um, you know, is, is, is arguable that we, you know, whether we change or not. 
But the actual what's the beef between him and his dad? Why is his dad crossing the line? Like Francisco was telling us about, um, not exactly at your prison, right? But just in general, they do stage suicides. Um, so like like the way they think, the way Epstein allegedly or allegedly kill, killed himself, whether or not it could have been a CEO setting it up and making it look like a suicide. And he was telling us stories about that, how, um, I mean, you can tell it better than me, but you can't run in by yourself and try to pull the body down because he might be uh, pretending he's he's dead and then he's going to attack you or something like that. So Fran wanted to incorporate some of those uh, real-life stories that he has in the midpoint where maybe it's something like a, like a state suicide and now his son is like has to be down with his father. And now that caught it just like the big revelation, holy shit, my dad's like, he's not just a badass, he's a criminal. You know, and um, and then it it butts heads where good. you know it's good, yeah. So, um, but what's the beef in between? As you say, the sauce. You know, we don't really have have that. So great, so great question. I'll, I'll help you guys solve it. So, uh, do you guys have kids? <laughs> yeah, yeah, two boys. Okay. So Girl. the 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 two sources you're looking for for this conflict is you and your own parents. And then you, as parents to your own kids, um, you know, every relationship with kids and parents has tension, right? Your dad talks too much. He doesn't talk enough. <laughs> he's around too much. He's not around enough. <laughs> he's doing this. He's that. There's, it's always something. And we have to put up with the something that we're given. And so what I would invite you guys to do is have a, an, you know, an, an authentic conversation about the good, bad, and ugly about your own, you know, parents. And again, and this isn't running them down or whatever. Everybody does the best that we can do. And you guys know as parents yourself, we're like, we're not saints. We're, we're trying the best and sometimes we mess it up. And sometimes we're okay and whatever. So I would invite you guys to find the, there's going to be a nexus where, um, where you guys both kind of had some sort of conflict with your own parents or something you're struggling with as a, as a, as a dad for your own kids, um, where there's going to be an overlap where it feels like, yeah, you know what, you know, this was tough. This was a conflict, you know, with, you know, typical ones are that the dad has these expectations that the kid, the kid can't live up to, or it's, um, like not around enough or just, just, you know, selfish, the dad's selfish. Um, but like, there's going to be something that's true for you guys and it's going to fucking hurt, you know? And it's going to be something that, that, you know, that when you guys speak to it, it just, you just feel it, you feel it in your gut and it just, and it, you know, and, and when you take that and have that be the conflict, you know, a, you know, a poetic version of that, that speaks to both of you guys right from your core, oof, then what's going to do is it's going to be a gift to me because it'll also speak to, to my thing. And, and, and again, so like, my thing was abandonment and it's not like everybody has abandonment, but like everybody had some sort of problem with their parents and every parent has some sort of problem trying to do the best they can with a kid and falling short. And so when I speak to my specific situation with, uh, with that specificity in, in charge, it's going to relate to your own thing, even if it's not my particular flavor, like abandonment or whatever. 
right? So that's why you go into that specificity of that personal thing and um, with no judgment. Oh, here's a great thing about no judgment. When talking about Raging Bull, when they were, when Scorsese and De Niro um, and uh, were taking it to the studios, and they're like, man, we want to do this movie that's about this boxer who beats the shit out of his wife and his kids. And, you know, <laughs> she comes back. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. But the studio exec's like, that guy? You can, you're like, he's a cockroach. Why do you want to do the story like that? And De Niro goes, no, he's not. And that, my friend, is why he was one of the best of all time. He didn't judge him for those things. He was like, look, this I know these guys. This guy's me, and I know other guys who grew up with. He did the best that he could. Yeah, and he was rough around the edges, and he was, you know, he was a human being, and he really messed up in a lot of terrible ways. But that's actually what makes him so interesting. You know, and the fact that he was so goddamn tough and he could put up, take a beating like nobody's business. It's like that was his superpower, but also his kryptonite. So what made him great as a boxer made him kind of terrible as a family man. And that's the poetry of that movie. And with De Niro, not to see him as a cockroach or something, something that he was less than. He just said, like, look, so De Niro, I'm guessing, has, you know, as a human being, has things he did that he's not proud of, you know? Being a movie star, all the stuff that comes with that, you know, he, I'm sure none of us, like, you know, didn't live a perfect life. But he was able to not judge himself in that one way, and he probably felt shame or whatever, but he was able to express it in his performance in this guy who, just in an extreme version of it. So that's my invitation to you guys. Like, get in there, have a conversation, and just kind of figure out what, you know, what did you want from your dad that you didn't get, or your, or your parents, you know, what you know, where did you mess up? You know, the, it's similar to maybe what you're talking about with that story for your daughter. It's like, is there something that you did? You're like, God damn it. I really, I really, you know, s sold my kid short. I tried to do this and I did too much of that, you know, and just look at it straight and, um, you know, don't romanticize it, but don't downplay it. Just be like, yeah, that, that sucked. <laughs> and then uh, and then and then you write that as the kernel as the metaphor for their relationship and it's going to crackle and when you nail it it's going to feel like my own relationship with my own dad or my own kids and that's the gift that you're allowing me to touch my own thing because when we watch that again that's why step one is what are we learning about those other movies we're projecting our own life experiences on these other movies and then once you kind of learn that that's a projection and then you start thinking about your own life lessons and you pour it into a screenplay and then you craft it in such a way where the audience then can relate to it in a really deep way, that's the magic. Make sense? Absolutely. And by the way, the fact that you guys are even asking that question and you're having this thing, that's a good sign. That means you're, you're going to solve it. I mean, maybe right away you already have an idea, or if not, then maybe tonight or tomorrow. But, like, keep asking that question until you both are like, God damn, that's it. And I'm embarrassed, but, like, that's it. Yeah, on the right. Then, yeah, that, that's a good point. Uh, uh, some things came to my mind, because I, I grew up with Francisco. We lived in the same building uh, for cool. for a long time. So I know his dad. He knows my dad. You know, um, so, and I was I was thinking about some things along the way. Cause his brother's closer to my age. So he's actually mm -hmm. my age, his brother. So I was hanging out with his brother more. We used to talk mm -hmm. about that, about our dads a lot. And about what yeah. we, you know, what oh, I wish my dad was more like your dad. And he would say, oh, I wish your dad was more like, you know, was my dad was more like your dad in these aspects. And, and, I, and I can see that while you're talking. I'm like, wow, I like that. Uh, appreciate the tips. Definitely. You're welcome. The key, the key is to keep it really simple. 
Um, again, because there's, there's always something that we want more of this or less of that. So just pick one thing that dad used to beat the shit out of or, or the dad, you know, always ignored the dad slept around or the dad seemed like he was perfect, but he wasn't, but keep it really simple in a way that's poetically true for you guys. And that's, what's going to really make it sing. Um, so, uh, but again, it's, it's a good sign that you guys are even asking that sort of question. Cause what will happen is people don't ask that question and they don't put it in there. So what happens, it's a, it's a cliche BS relationship. There's no real juice there. Yeah. They might kind of talk kind of interesting or whatever and blah, 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 but it's like, it's not really coming from your life experiences and your own perspectives. So it's, 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 it's just, it's, it's superficial. It's, it's cliche. It's something we've already seen, but once you guys go deep, We've never seen that. We've never seen your specific insights about fatherhood or whatever, or what you what what hurts you guys. Um, we've felt our own version of that, but if you do it with real specificity, whew, it's going to be good. So, are you saying? Thank you. Are you saying that this would be more of like the inner conflict of the hero, and it's supported, or you know, um, for and against in the theme as well, or? It absolutely should be thematic and related, right? So, like, <clears throat> um, let's see. So, uh, so I, I wrote a, 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 a fight film about this boxer in the 1920s that travels around with the circus fighting the toughest man in town, boozing, sleeping with women, all this crazy. Like, he's the last guy that should be a dad. Turns out he fathered, fathered this kid like eight years before. They dropped this kid off. And now they got you got to look after this kid. He's he's an orphan. His mom just died in the, in the opening. Like you got to look after him. me. It's just and he's just trying to get rid of the kid. <laughs> so like, um, so thematically, it has to do with the caretaker slowly learning to fall in love with being a caretaker. At first, last thing he ever wants is this kid around. He tries to get rid of him this way, that way, the other way, and then slowly in trying to get rid of him, he all he kind of falls in love in that particular thing while he's like trying to get rid of the kid the kid gets kind of beat up by some other bullies in the neighborhood and he's like this guy's a fighter he's like all right no kid of mine is going to get beat up so now, so now he teaches this kid how to box right so like um and now he's falling in love with being a dad I despite his you know so so like and then at midpoint with those stories, then a different family member comes in. And is like, okay, we'll take him now. He's like, no, 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 no. I got it now. I got it. <laughs> and, and then it completely goes to the end where he's so in love with this kid that he actually fights for him selflessly. And he does some things like, I love this kid so much. Like, even if it's something that's bad for me, I'm going to do it. Right. And it's beautiful. Right. That arc. And that comes from, you know, mixed feelings I have with my father, you know, when he was with me, when he wasn't with me, um, uh, and, and, and challenges I've had with, as a dad with my own kids. Right. So thematically it has to do with be going from selfish to selfless. Right. Mm -hmm. And so maybe, you know, the guy, the, you know, maybe the, you know, that, that's a good one in general in terms of vice to virtue. Cause it, cause it, it spins off a lot selfish to selfless. So that, so the, you know, the dad, could just you know have been really hard he, like he, he came from the old school and was just really hard on his kid like never never praised him never did anything was, was really really hard on him or something you know and like 
that was brutal for the kid. You know, I mean, that's, that's a way to do it. And then, and then it's like, and then the theme becomes something like, you know, something about, it could be like tough love or tough decisions or like, like what is manhood? Like if, if you're talking about part of your story is like, he's got to go up and he's got to basically betray his father, you know, like with Goodfellas, the, um, it's uh, De Niro's got that great, it's got that great line. Like right after Henry Hill as a kid gets pinched, um, you popped your cherry. <laughs> right, right before that, he's like, De Niro comes to him first and goes, hey, you know, you did it right. You know, you, and he goes, well, I thought you'd be mad. Like, no, I'm not mad. You, you learned the, the two most important lessons in life, which is funny because it's really one lesson just said two different ways. The two most important, never rat in your friends and always keep your mouth shut. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but like, but that's the theme of the movie. That's a theme of the movie overtly stated to the hero. And it's um it's it's the loyalty. How loyal can you be to your friends when these guys are an unsustainable relationship? Those guys, you cannot be friends with gangsters forever. It's gonna end one way or another. It's gotta be right. So that theme expressed beautifully, poetically in that way. Um, so you guys have your own thing. So yours is something to do with this theme of um, at a certain point, how loyal can you be to your father? So then maybe the father, so then running with the theme, you could say, does the father always think the kid was never loyal enough? Or was the kid, you know what I mean? It could be something about loyalty between them, that kind of, again, let it be some some sort of emotional riff on how loyalty felt like for you and your own you know, parents or you and your own kids. Like, what does loyalty mean to you in that sense? But start playing with that theme as an idea and then go, okay, what if the dad was a hard ass that always demanded loyalty in this way, that way, the other? And the kid was actually super loyal but never got credit for it. Like, something like that could work or whatever. So it's like, you know, like, whatever the kid did, it was never enough. It was never loyal enough. And it broke the guy's heart, but that was his dad, so he kept, you know, whatever. Again, I'm just, I'm just riffing, but like... But when you come up with a theme word, um, that can help you kind of, because you have too many options. The great thing about theme is it goes, okay, we're not going to talk about all those things. We're gonna, it's going to be something that's related to this sort of idea of loyalty, of whatever. So, And the, the last thing I'll say, and then I, then I got to get going, is look for a comparable movie. I mean, maybe it's The Godfather because it's like the family business and he doesn't want to get in there or whatever. I don't know. For us, it's training day. What's that? For us, it's training day. Yeah, it's kind of like okay, a, a training day in jail. Beautiful. Great. So break down training day in terms of what that theme is. Have a way to articulate training day and saying, well, it's really about this or that. Um, tra yeah, training day is, you know, if I'm remembering it correctly, it's sort of like that evil mentor that's kind of pushing you too much and you ultimately have to betray him. So, so that that is a good model for you in this, in this situation. Um, I would think about, like literally articulate it, how you guys want to think about theme. Um, what's the vice to virtue that the main character goes in relationship to that bad mentor? And then just whatever you love about Training Day that works, make sure your own version of that is coming through in your screenplay. And every, every time you get stuck, you go, well, how would we describe the thematic relationship between, you know, Denzel and Ethan Hawke or whoever, whoever it is. Yep. But like, so, so, so describe to your minds the right words that would, that would sort of evoke that thematic relationship and then start there. 
is it loyalty? Is it bravery? Is it whatever? You know, I haven't seen it in a long time. But then, then apply that. Like, what if that was the exact thing we use? And then go, oh, well, that's close, but whatever. And then you just mess around with it. But that will help you dial it in. And then, um, okay, let's go. The last thing I'll say is, is let's get back to this idea. So, so yeah, the get it down draft, step seven out of nine. Let's have you guys get that done by New Year's. You guys can make that commitment I like right it. now publicly. I like it publicly. Publicly, yeah. <laughs> yes, by New Year's. By New Year's. Okay, good. Good. Get it down. And I want you to email me. When you guys email me and say, hey, we did it or we didn't do it. And here's the thing. This is really important with accountability, guys. You're human beings, right? You you may crush it. You may, you may, you may be so inspired. You guys bang this thing out this weekend. Or life gets in the way. The holidays, this, that, the other. You guys don't even start it. Either way, it's okay. You got to forgive yourself. You know, be gentle with yourself and know that it's a process. And but email me, commit to emailing me either way, and I'm gonna cheer you on either way. Whether you crush it, awesome. If you didn't, awesome. But you're gonna by deliberately making that commitment and having that in mind, now you're gonna learn the lesson, like, yeah, that was a little too ambitious, or dang it, I wanted to do it, but I didn't organize my life well enough, or like, oh, that was too easy, or whatever. But like Either way, you're just learning about your process. You're not, you're not allowed to beat the crap out of yourself. Do you want to <laughs> scale back to a treatment or not? <laughs> well, okay, look, you want to revise it. You want to revise the commitment. Make it a real commitment now. What do you think? What do you, what's more realistic? What's more realistic? New Year's. New Year's what? Oh, New Year's. <laughs> the, treatment, the treatment of the first draft by New Year's. New Year's. Yeah, I think. I think. Which, which one? Treatment or a first draft? You choose. Think knowing you with your busy schedule, treatment. I think. Right. No, no, hey, I'm falling, dropping it on you. But yeah, I think treatment would be good. Would good. So hey, again, totally fine. And look, if you guys are cranking and it's going, and it goes more than that, great. Yeah. If it doesn't, whatever. The game. The game is just to learn about your own process and support yourself the best way you can. Uh, and then and then make the big bucks and you can hire me as a coach and I can give you this advice all the time. There you oh, go. Awesome. So, <laughs> like Mr. Brooks, how could the people yeah. find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Brooks Elms or LinkedIn at Brooks Elms or Brooks Elms uh, coaching .com. You know, so and if you're if you're into screenwriting, I can help you. Um, I have a wide range of, of ways of helping people on any budget. My book's seven bucks or, uh, you know, or there's premium coaching too. If you want to go a lot faster, just a matter of what your budget is, what your, your journey is all about. Awesome. Any projects that, that, that you're working on that you want to share or that you're allowed to share? Uh, not that I'm there's, I mean, there's, there's, there's a couple things that I'm working on. Um, the one I told you about, about the boxer, that's, you know, that's got some heavy hitters. I got a, a UFC hall of famer attached to that one. Um, nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm proud of that one. And um, yeah, I've got a couple things cooking. But the way Hollywood works is even when you sell a script and they go to the packaging phase and it's, you know, it, it takes as long as it takes. It's really the synchronicity of, you know, right director, right stars, right financing, blah, 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 blah. So, um, but, you know, I'm actively writing another one that I think has financing pretty well lined up. So I think that one's probably going to shoot next year. Nice. But um, yeah, but the, the, the last, last thing I'll say about that is... Um, it's never about that for me. It's always about the process. I show up and I write. I have conversations with people. I help them write and get in their flow. And that's that. And I look up and I go, oh, yeah, I just sold another script. Or I looked up, and, oh, that, you know, whatever. But, like, that's cool and I appreciate it. But it's, it, you know, it, it, nobody's keeping score. 
and 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 I don't want you guys even to keep score. You want to be a little bit aware of it, you know, check the weather, figure out what's. But like, ninety nine percent of it is, hey, let's feel really good about creating something that means something to us. It's that process, and when you stay in that, the paradox is you actually cross milestones a lot faster. So awesome. that's what I got. Uh, thank you very much for your time. You're welcome. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate it. Good luck. All right, bro. Take take care, guys. You too. Brooks Elms. Thank you, everybody, for watching. Peace and love.